Ultimate Escape is a family-friendly ministry that addresses sexuality. Some episodes may contain sensitive terms and subject matter, especially for younger children. Hello and welcome again to the Ultimate Escape Podcast. I'm David Chenault. You know, in a world and a culture that is so overrun with confusing messages about sexuality, Ultimate Escape exists to bring a voice of truth, a place to discuss sexuality from God's perspective. You can find all about the ministry that was started several years ago by Holly and Steve Holliday on their website at ultimateescape.org. Today we have Steve Holliday with us in the studio, and we're going to talk about sexuality around the world. You know, Steve and Holly Holiday and their ministry get a chance to travel around the world, making presentations, conducting retreats, and holding seminars with parents, church leaders, and even teens about sexuality in as far away places as Australia and Africa. Today, we're going to talk with Steve a little bit about his perspective, his observations in talking about sex in all of these different countries. So join us right here for the Ultimate Escape Podcast. Well, hello, Steve Holiday, with us today. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing good today. Thank you. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. Let's talk about something that's uh, kind of interesting. Uh, I've lived in Germany for several years. You've been around the world with Ultimate Escape doing presentations around the world. You know, sexuality is something we all have in common, but we wouldn't be here without it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And the idea, though, is that we do, cultures do treat sexuality differently. They do. Even in our own United States, there's a difference in the way we treat sexuality in the South, in the North, in the East, in the West. Um, as you travel the globe, give me an idea of some of the uh, the, the interesting things, the, 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 the differences that people have when it comes to the topic of sexuality. Uh, well, one of the things that's in common is pretty much nobody talks about it, at least not in a healthy way. Right, right. Um, we've been to Brazil uh, several times, um, five different trips. Um, and Brazilian culture is very sexualized. Mm. Um, you know, just as far as you know, the way people dress, especially the way women dress, you know, is very provocative. But even in Brazil, we don't talk about it. Right. Uh, so, you know, when we, Holly and I uh, did two weekend events, one in Rio and one in Belo Horizonte. And it was very interesting uh, just watching our translator struggle with the um, openness uh, with which we talk about sex. And uh, we noticed the same thing in Uganda. So like the, the translator's embarrassed to try to find the right word or, or having a difficulty? Uh, uh, difficulty in the fact we're talking about this and he's translating and having to say words uh, <laughs> and very uncomfortable with it. Mm. Uh, in Uganda... Uh, we were up in a, a town called Mitiana, and uh, the first year we were there, the uh, director of one of the preaching schools had us come do a three-day workshop for their students, and our translator would not even say the word sex. So he just stood there and kind of um, uh, that, that stuttering, and finally, the director of the school yelled from the back row. He said, Moses, just say the word, and everybody laughed. Right. Uh, Moses said the word and that broke the ice. And from that point on, it was, you know, he was a lot more comfortable. Interesting that uh, we went back a year later and did a, a pastor's training workshop. We had 430 pastors and church leaders from that, that uh, region in the western side of Uganda. When they first came in, most of it was married couples. 
Uh, but when they first came in, they segregated themselves. So all the men sat on one side, all the women sat on the other. There were a couple of exceptions to that, but for the most part, it was a segregated audience by gender. I got to the uh, the tagline uh, object lesson. You can learn a lot about sex from a chocolate bunny. Do they have chocolate bunnies? In- no, and that was a struggle to to find what word can be used for bunny because they they yeah that's not a common right. uh, word in in Uganda, but we introduced that uh, everybody got a laugh out of the you can learn from a chocolate bunny, uh, and that was the turning point. I noticed everybody in the room just kind of exhaled. Um, seemed to be much more comfortable. Uh, the translator by that point had settled in and, and was fine. Um, at the end of that session, we had a break. And when people came back in from that 15-minute break, I noticed couples were sitting together. And wow. for the whole rest of the conference, the, the four days, uh, we had you know people sitting together. And, and even the conversations uh, during the break time, uh, you could tell that people had settled in and were comfortable with the topic. Mm. But I, I see that same dynamic. Even if I'm doing a weekend event here in the States for, you know, for teens, like if it's a, a youth retreat, uh, you know, man, when we put that slide up for that first presentation, you know, the, the title of the presentation is A Fun Theology of Sex. Mm. Even the teenagers are uncomfortable. Now, they'll joke, they'll watch shows that have all kinds of sexual content. You know, probably half of the teens probably watched porn within, you know, two or three days before that event. I mean, just statistically. Right. But to talk in a healthy way about it. It's like nobody's ready for this, but usually within five to 10 minutes of the first presentation, you know, we've had some kind of an object lesson that's humorous. Uh, so we've you know, had that catharsis moment of, hey, people are laughing appropriately, mm. and then we've settled in. Uh, and it's just amazing to see that difference. Um, but yeah, that, that is a different cultures treat sex differently. But I have found in every country we've, that we've been to, and we've been on four different continents doing presentations, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's all over culture, but nobody talks about it in a healthy way. I find that interesting because you think about, uh, I guess, the conventional thinking is, you know, a very conservative, uptight, prudish society. Well, they must obviously not be having healthy conversations about sexuality, but a, a much more maybe what might be termed liberal, open, uh, flamboyant culture, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, Brazil, where it's everywhere. The conventional thinking is obviously they have much more healthier conversations about sex, uh, but in the end, no one's talking about it. Uh, one of my more humorous moments on one of my Brazil trips, uh, the first year I was down there, I noticed there's a flower uh, on the grounds of the of the retreat site where the conference that I was speaking at is held. And I asked one of my uh, American friends who used to be a missionary in Brazil, uh, I asked him, what, what's this flower called? Because it's a very interesting flower. It's got a, a blossom that's pretty wide open. It's, it's red. I mean, very bright red. And then there's this growth in the middle of it that looks somewhat like a very tiny banana and is bright yellow. Um, and he kind of hemmed and hawed. He didn't want to say it. And I said, well, you know, in English, what would that flower's name? He said, well, translated it loosely as little penises. And I thought, okay, well, that's a most interesting flower and growing right here in Brazil, all over the place. Neat neat name. (laughs) Well, and and that's kind of interesting because Brazil, even for all of its flamboyantness and overly sexualized culture, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is is carnival and, and all the things that are going on. And yet there's also a very strong sense of uh, of 
religion there as mm-hmm. well, Catholic yeah. religion, um, and and yet those things coexist. I think about uh, how that fits in. Is that does that play? Do you see that that at play the the idea of church and culture and mixing where, where which which things are taboo to talk about and which things? Wow, you seem to think the taboos are just thrown out the window. And again, to go back to my experience in South America, which is you know very limited to Brazil, it's the only country in South America I've been to at the moment. The the struggles are the same. I mean, mm. you know, we have um, typically about fifty different missionaries uh, who come to that conference. I, I go to that every two years. The first couple of times that I was there, most of the missionary guys who are coming to me for counseling are coming with pornography struggles. You know, it's, it's just amazing the the percentage of the uh, the ministers there who are struggling with pornography. Uh, but in the the most recent time I was there, all but one individual who came for counseling was coming because of childhood sexual trauma. Mm. Uh, so again, we look at hey, we we know that's an issue in the states. Again, our culture we don't talk much about it. Right. Although it, it has had, there's been more conversation maybe in the last five to ten years uh, than there probably has been before. But it's it's a common issue. Uh, same thing in Uganda. Uh, sexual assault, especially, you know, from men on to women, uh, is so common, uh, that people there are just, it's just, um, it's just kind of a fact. It's just an everyday thing. I, you know, went to the, I went to the river to get a, a container of water and on my way home, uh, I was raped mm. when it was done. I picked up my container of water and walked home. Uh, it's just very matter of fact. Our, wow. our observation there was people are so traumatized. And it's just such an ingrained part of the culture. They don't even recognize how traumatized they are. Uh, I was talking with one uh, one man there in Uganda, and he said after he did, he had four days of the conference, he pulled me aside. He said, you know, I'd, I never thought about the fact that maybe I have been hurt. And, and using the word hurt is, is what he uh, was using for trauma. Mm-hmm. He said, I've never thought about the fact that I was hurt, but maybe when I watched the soldiers kill my mother, maybe I was hurt by that. Wow. Um, and again, it's just, you know, I mean, in America, you know, if, if somebody witnessed their parent being murdered, you know, instantly we would recognize, wow, that's a very traumatized mm-hmm. uh, individual um, and would recognize they're, they're going to need therapy to deal with that, uh, to, you know, to be able to, to move on. Uh, and in that culture, it's just so common. Everybody experiences it. But it's, it's just kind of a not even thought of. I know that you uh, you guys spent some time in Australia, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think the first thing that I when, when you guys went to Australia, the first thing I saw was an interview on the radio, mm-hmm. and my first thought was because I was I was working in radio at the time, and I thought, wow, they let them talk about that in radio? How does that? Because uh, yeah, I and a was, Christian radio station at that, yeah, <laughs> a Christian radio station would let you talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's again, that's part of that culture that says uh, maybe we can talk about this more. I don't know. Are yeah. they more open in Australia? Uh, than- well, they're more open at that radio station in Australia than the Christian radio station that I was at in one of our larger southern cities a few years ago because we wanted to do an advertisement with Ultimate Escape. And so I met with the people at the radio station and said, here's what our ministry is about. And they said, oh, that's a great ministry. So we started looking at, you know, what can we do as far as an avid? Oh, well, we can't say those words on the on the air. We can't say pornography or porn. We can't say sex or sexuality. Well, for a ministry that deals with sexuality, that pretty much rules out any radio <laughs> right. uh, advertisement on that station. Right. So, yeah, it's very interesting that. Christian radio station there in Australia, they interview and say whatever we need to say. Um, 
and, and we're good to go. But you still have the same problems. They're still struggling with the same issues. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So bring that back uh, full circle, I guess, back to our culture here in the United States, because you have been to uh, Brazil and Australia and, and Africa and around the world, and you're doing presentations and, and, and seminars in those places, too. But when you come back to the States and you're doing a seminar here at the States, um, I think one of those things, another another aspect of culture it doesn't have to be national culture or ethnic culture as much as even church culture versus world culture. Um, and we assume that in the world, because, you know, in the general world, you see sex all the time. Uh, but in, in, in church culture, uh, well, we're healthier in church culture. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, the unfortunate mindset that happens a lot of time. Oh, how wrong that is. Yes. <laughs> Somehow, because we preach, you know, marriage and wholesomeness and that kind of stuff, then we must be healthier. But we're not talking about it here either. Not at all. Well, that's not a fair statement to say not at all, because obviously there's some exceptions to that. But yeah, as a general rule in America, Christian parents are not talking to their kids about sex and might even have um, more reservation than doing that than people who are not churched. Why? Number one, guilt. As a parent. If I haven't lived up to what I'm trying to teach my children to do, I'm afraid they might ask me those questions. So I just, it's more comfortable to never even bring up the topic than to run the risk of having them ask me. Shame, the perception that sex is somehow bad or dirty. And so talking about it, you know, a lot of people grew up in a family where they didn't talk about it. And so it felt like you're not supposed to talk about it. There's something wrong with talking about it. So even logically, I may not buy into that, but at a core belief level, it feels like you're not supposed to talk about this. And so we don't. A lot of pastors struggle, especially with pornography use or inappropriate sexual conduct. And so they're going to resist talking about that, um, or at least that that's one potential extreme to go to. I just don't talk about it as a pastor. Uh, the other side of that extreme is I, I blast people and, you know, preach from a guilt uh, perspective. And obviously there's a, I'm projecting my own feelings of, of guilt and shame and anger onto the people that I'm preaching to. Both of those are extremely unhealthy, you know, to ignore the topic or, you know, to condemn and shame as an effort to, you know, kind of relieve myself from how I feel. So throw all that in a blender. And, you know, we, we, as Christians, we tend to shy away from the topic. Right, right. I know that from my time in Germany, uh, it was kind of interesting when we first arrived. Uh, we moved over there in uh, early 90s, mid to early, mid 90s, I guess. And uh, it was it was a whole different world. I mean, I was, I was raised in a fairly conservative family, um, southern United States. And... You know, I was I was raised in in, in a way that uh, I could go spend the night at a friend's house, um, but I had to let my parents know exactly where I was and who I was with, and there was no way that I was going to be out with a with a girl past ten o'clock. I mean, that was just off off the mm-hmm. radar. And in Germany, we arrived in Germany, and we're at someone's house, and 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 here comes a boy and a girl, and they walk in, and we're sitting having dinner with with the mother and father, and they say hello, hello, how are you doing? And then they walk on in the room, and they close the door, and they go in the door and close it. And I'm like, I wasn't allowed. I, I couldn't take mm-hmm. a girl to my room, you know, just, like she couldn't even be in my room, especially not with the door closed. And then a few minutes later, when I found out she's spending the night in the room, and I thought, 
wow, this culture is completely different. Now, being a 20-something-year-old male at the time, I thought, what did I miss out on by not living in Germany? And then <laughs> and then I realized, you know what? They, and then, obviously, I come to my senses, and yeah. I'm thinking, wow, what is what is going on here? What the, this, this whole culture uh, is different. But those are things that, are, that, that, um, that come from the world around us, and we mm-hmm. try to deal with those in different ways, I guess. Very interesting differences um, across the board, although we're all dealing with the same problems. Yeah, and we kind of laugh at what you just said of that um – that that struggle between the spirit and the flesh. Mm. Hey, you know, you know, everything in my body as a as a young guy, and I think, man, what a that'd be great. You know, <laughs> how, how in the world did I miss that? Uh, and at the same time, from a spiritual perspective, the spiritual part of me says, hey, I, yeah, that would feel good and it'd be exciting, but I know they shouldn't do that. And I think that's the core of uh, you know, take any culture, people who uh, want to honor God with their bodies and with their sexuality. Uh, that's the real struggle. You know, and again, I hope that uh, churches can be open and honest about, hey, we, we are sexual beings uh, and sex is a good thing and it does feel good and it's exciting and pleasurable and God designed it to be. And at the same time, uh, there is a way to use that that um, causes a lot of grief and hurt and uh, and heartache and bad consequences. And there is a way to use that that honors God and is the truly the, the best experience. Why is that balance so hard to find? That, that's a great question, and I don't have the million-dollar answer. Uh, maybe if I did, I'd find some way to market that answer and bring a little revenue in for the ministry. <laughs> I think, number one, just the guilt that we struggle with when we misbehave sexually, and especially you know for people who uh, have a strong Christian ethic, that guilt is very real, and, and it's very difficult to engage that feeling. Uh, and, and so I think we shy away from it. Mm. Um, and it's much easier to pretend like, oh, I don't have those kinds of struggles. I don't have those feelings. Many a good Christian would like to pretend they're above all of that. You know, that that's what worldly people are. That's what sinners, that's what heathens. And, and the honest to goodness truth, I don't care who it is. Um, I mean, if, if you've got blood pumping through your heart and hormones in your body, mm. um, and it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, 12-year-old or 90-year-old, you know, there are a lot of visual cues in our society that produce sexual stimulus. And so I think it's it's much better to be honest about that in church leadership than to pretend that, you know, we're so good that those kinds of thoughts don't even enter our minds. Would you agree that uh, sometimes that's been avoided? I, I think about the passage of, um, you know, be in the world, but not conform to the world, be, mm-hmm. be a part of it, but not a part of it. And so uh, sometimes I've heard it's rationalized that sex is not going to be a part of this conversation or this place mm-hmm. because we're not in the, that's a worldly thing and we're not in the world. And unfortunately, you wind up going down that road of where it's never talked about at all. When just the opposite, I think, could be true. We've discovered as parents ourselves, we're not like the rest of the world a lot of times because we actually do talk about sex. And that makes us different mm-hmm. than the regular people out there. We're not perfect and we're not we're not excellent parents, but doing something that seems kind of counterintuitive a lot of times, or at least to our history, the way we've treated mm-hmm. that topic, uh, has made us still different than the people around us and hopefully in a good way. Yeah, and you've shared how having ultimate escape presentations, you know, at your church, um, how that had uh, some level of consequence or springboard Absolutely. effect for you know for you as a dad mm-hmm. uh, talking with your kids. 
Yeah, being able to, um, even though they didn't understand everything that was going on, uh, they were a little bit younger. I think my daughter was 11 the first time you came and spoke at our at our church. Um, and um, she did not understand all the technical terms and even the non-technical terms yeah. <laughs> that were being used. But she understood then after that, um, she understood that that was an okay conversation to have. And then later she brought up some of those topics and has, has asked questions and we've had engaged in, in some healthy conversations, um, uh, even though sometimes the timing wasn't always right. <laughs> but she, mm-hmm. she was willing to, to bring forth those conversations and talk about that, which I was so thankful for because she knew, you know, we had talked about that. That seems like those conversations we had before, and it was okay to talk about that. And so sometimes she asked some questions that are embarrassing you know and mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. i have to say you know what that's a conversation just for me and mom <laughs> that's not for you to know but i'm glad that you're talking yeah. about let's talk more about that so yeah and i would much rather err on the side of hey there's there's more conversation than uh, maybe appropriate than there is no conversation at all absolutely for sure and you know we've kind of walked that journey with with our kids I mean, obviously they grew up with Topic of sexuality being pretty open in our family because they've heard my presentations from you know time they were pretty young. I go back to one of the very first years that Ultimate Escape was doing presentations in churches, and we hosted a weekend event at a church. And uh, one parent decided, as it was the mom, decided her 14-year-old son and 16-year-old son were just too young uh, to be hearing anything about you know, this topic and would not allow them to attend. And then literally within just a few weeks, uh, the youth minister at that church called me and said, hey, you remember this situation? Yeah. Um, That mother just found out that both of her boys have been looking at porn for years. That that just underscores to me that uh, the harsh reality that as parents, we can be absolutely convinced our kids would never do our, our kids are, are wonderful and they, they wouldn't, they don't struggle. They don't, they don't even think like that. And reality is they do. You know, I I wish I had a dollar for every grandparent that I've heard say, well, yeah, my, my grandson, he's, he's 14, he's 15 and he doesn't even think about girls yet. Uh, That's a great thing to you wish that were the case. But I bet that 14, 15-year-old thinks about girls quite a bunch. Right, right. Doesn't matter what culture you're in. Nope. Doesn't matter what time frame you're yeah, in. I think that goes back a lot of years. <laughs> That's true. It's uh, uh, different different attitudes, but ultimately we're all struggling with the same problems. I appreciate you, Steve. Thank you for stopping by Absolutely, today. Absolutely, thanks. Talking about uh, sexuality in different cultures, different times, different generations. Uh, but uh, but we still struggle with the same thing. Appreciate you stopping by. Thank you very much. Well, that's going to do it for us today at the Ultimate Escape Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Remember, if you'd like to offer some feedback or have a suggestion or any questions, you can always contact us on our website at ultimateescape.org. And remember, you can catch all of our previous podcasts on the website or at any podcast repository, such as iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the Ultimate Escape Podcast. Again, I'm David Chenault, and thanks for joining us on the Ultimate Escape Podcast. Podcast.